on this episode of Why Watch That. Helen Mirren is a real witch, and I'll say the W1 instead of the B1, but she is, <laughs> she played that to the T, and it's perfectly and wonderful. Look, finally. Cersei Lannister is Cersei Lannister. She, you cannot get her, but they are about to. I think it's coming, Cersei. You gotta watch your back. Watch your bibbit back. Uh oh. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critics and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, Watch That. That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Yay! We're talking about film! Oh my goodness. Yeah, you know everybody. Well, the ref. Wait a minute. The ref. Oh, oh the really? TV. I'm so tired of talking about TV. All of uh, We are really indulging her, you know, with this segment. We really want to make sure that we can talk about a diverse group of things. Yes, thank you. You know, I put the I put the critic through the ringer, and uh, he's been putting up with me since 04. So, um, <laughs> get used to it. Okay, now... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Here's the deal. We do talk about film a lot, but it's film that you have to go to the movies to see or pay a ton of money for a, down, you know, a download. Here... We're going to highlight two films that came out via streaming devices like your Netflix subscription or your Amazon Prime subscription. So we thought we'd give you a treat and um, give you a break from heading out and uh, putting your tushy on some foreign seat when you can put it on your own couch. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Oh, my <laughs> So we're going to start with, um, on Netflix, it just came out, it's just releasing as of taping, the new Paul Rudd movie that's called The Fundamentals of Caring. And uh, like I said, stars Paul Rudd and Selena Gomez, oh. um, along, along with Jennifer Ely who you may know as Elizabeth Bennet in Pride and Prejudice, uh, the TV version. Yes. Directed and written by Rob Burnett. Take it away. I didn't see it. Yeah, but I did, of course. Now, look, you left out the main person in this cast, and it is young Mr. Craig Roberts. Yes, um, Craig Roberts. Yeah, if you have seen on Amazon Prime, uh-oh, he's, he's working both sides of the fence here. If you have seen on Amazon Prime uh, Red Oaks, he's the star of that TV show. So I was a fan of his in that. And in this movie, I think he does a really good job. So here's what happens, everybody. Paul Rudd plays a guy who's had a loss, a major loss in his life. And he doesn't quite know what to do. So what he thinks is maybe he can become a caretaker. Okay? He attends a seminar to be trained and he learns aloha. So that's an acronym for how you take care of people. You ask, listen, observe, help, 
and ask again. So there that's Aloha. He meets a woman and her son. The woman's played by Jennifer Ely. Her son is played by Craig Roberts. And her son has uh, muscular dystrophy. So he only is projected to live. He might not even make it to his 30s. Wow. But of course, this kind of character does not wallow in despair. You know, he is sardonic. He really lets people have it in a fun way. You know, he's not angry. Uh, he will play around with maybe he's dead and, and make you think he's dead or choking or something like that. So it's that kind of thing. So this is a comedy with some drama. Now, what happens is once they get to know each other, Paul Rudd, Craig Roberts, Paul Rudd decides that they should go on a road trip. Craig course, Roberts. What else do you do? Uh, yeah. What else do you do? Craig Roberts character has never been more than an hour away from his home. And by the way, he was living in England and they moved to the States. So that's a part of it, too. Uh, but he's never been more than an hour away from his home physically outside of the plane. Mm-hmm. His, his mother, of course, is concerned, but she agrees. And this is everybody after she learns Paul Rudd what happened in his past. I'm not going to give it away, but she knows about it. So does Craig Roberts. So they're on Ooh. the road. Along the way, they meet two young ladies, one of whom is Selena Gomez. Ooh. And you can guess what kind of character she plays. They're meeting her on the road. Yeah. 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 And you know what happens. You know that they challenge each other. They really are great friends at the end. And then something happens that brings them even closer together. So it's that same kind of road trip buddy comedy film that you're used to. It's just throwing in the wrinkle of Craig Roberts' character's condition. Um, Right. I would say that it's so smart of Netflix to have this because this is the kind of film that I don't know people will want to sit and watch straight through, but it's easy to watch a little, come back and pick it up. So it's great for streaming that way. Uh, The writing is not perfect, I do have to say, but the cast makes it work as best as they can. Again, Mm -hmm. Craig Roberts, to me, just does such a wonderful job as this guy who, you know, really is scared but he doesn't want to project that. You know, what is it like when he's really attracted to a woman instead of just acting like he is when they're not there? That kind of thing. Paul Rudd just does what Paul Rudd does. We know that he can play a sympathetic character and bring the humor out. Jennifer Ely's wonderful. I think even Selena Gomez does a good job with her character. So it's spotty. It's not going to be anything you haven't seen before. But again, because it's on Netflix Instant, I would say if you're just in the mood for something like this that's like kind of heartwarming and kind of fun, why not check it out? Nice, nice, nice. May have to do that. I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. So that was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I saw Prumbo on Amazon Prime. We all know that it had uh, some critic acclaim. Yeah. Um, it was definitely on the lips of everyone during the award season last year, or earlier this year, actually. And it stars the great, and I don't use that loosely, but the great Brian Cranston, um, along yeah. with Diane Lane, Helen Mirren, Louis C.K., among a host. I of- mean, Elle Fanning, John Goodman, yeah. my boy. John Goodman, uh, every ton of people are in this. Jay Roach actually directed this, who also directed the other Brian Cranston movie, All the Way, that we yeah. reviewed. So Brian Cranston has worked with him twice, and it's written by John McNamara. Mer- <laughs> McNamara, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get it out of my mouth. <laughs> Listen. Trumbo starts like this. Mm-hmm. 
It takes place during, right after World War II. Everybody, the world is on edge, um, especially we with Russia. At one point, you know, we were allies, but then it got really, really weird, and we're starting the brink of the Cold War. The communists haven't quite got the stigma yet, so there are a host of Americans, specifically screenwriters of old Hollywood, um, who are actively involved in the Communist Party. Oh. They're not afraid to talk about it. They didn't consider themselves an enemy of the state or anything like that. They were just saying, we need to spread the wealth and be more responsible as Americans, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So Brian Cranston plays Dalton Trumbo, who probably is one of the most well-known screenwriters of his time. This is the man who later wrote Exodus, Spartacus, etc. He really made his mark on cinema. Mm -hmm. um, now, this is what happens. As he becomes more and more famous, he also becomes more and more vocal about his views on the Communist Party. C.K. Lewis plays Arlen Hurd, who is also a screenwriter, famous at the time. He and a bunch of other screenwriters start to hand out pamphlets. Mm -hmm. But, oh, do they run into some trouble. Hedda Hopper who is played by Helen Mirren. <laughs> and Hedda is on a rampage to cleanse Hollywood and America of any ties to any communist ideals. And so Trumbo fights back. Yeah. As he does that in court without answering questions, because he feels like his own views should be private, and he shares that among people. It's private, and I'll do what I want with it. I don't ease it into my writing. It's just who I am. Congress doesn't like that, so he goes to prison, along with a host of other screenwriters. Mm. From there, that's where historically we get the blacklist. Right. And he's blacklisted out of Hollywood and can't freely work under his name. Now, Diane Lane plays his wife, Cleo Trumbo, who is the suffering quiet wife who will back her husband for anything, and then his three children who we'll talk about in just a second. Fast forward, he's blacklisted. He can't work. He's been in prison for a year. They're scraping by. Everybody's on edge. What does he do? He starts writing under several people's names. <laughs> but he's not writing for the major studios. He's writing for John Goodman's studio. Of course. This, this studio's shysty. I mean, they're just in the business to turn over a quick buck. What does Trumbo do? Trumbo's brilliant. He's been nominated for all sorts of things. He decides to take that trash and put some treasure in it. And <laughs> Hollywood starts to take notice and say, well, who's this Rick Rand? Who's who's this guy? So he's, he's trying his best to stay under the radar, but he's so vocal about who he is and what he believes and his writing that it puts him on the forefront to the point where he reaches out to a friend and says, hey, I've got a script that I actually don't want it to be crap. Would you mind putting your name on it? You can uh, have so much percent. What was that film? Roman Holiday. Ah. Uh, which later that? got him nominated for Best Screenwriter and he ended up, and Best Picture. It went up winning. Hmm. But couldn't receive the award. Now, 
The reason why my review sounds like it's all over the place is because the movie was a little bit all over the place. Meaning, this is really a biopic. You you think it's going to be about Trumbo and his stance on the, communi- uh, the Communist Party. We never really find out why he believes in it. We never find out find out why he's so passionate about it. I mean, we know he likes to fight for the underdog, and that's most of his movies are about the underdog. But we don't know why. So we have a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Then we have this whole introduction of Elle Fanning, who grows up over time and becomes as fierce of a fighter as her father, and they butt heads sometimes. Yeah. And you have that section of the movie. Then you've got Helen Mirren on a rampage. I mean, she's riding her white horse of... American purity and rounded him up. And friends and colleagues are betraying one another, stabbing in the back, and who's with whom. Then you've got the suffering wife, the wife who, you know, hasn't said much, but when she says it, she'll say it, played by Diane Lane. So basically what I'm saying is, this is a movie about Trumbo's life. Mm. In in a space of time, it's not really about a specific story. So sometimes, I think I was telling you earlier that if you uh, do a biopic, sometimes it's easier to focus on a very small sliver of a person's life so you can really get that story versus a wide span. But what I will say is that I enjoyed Brian Cranston's performances. He's of course. Such a, he's such a physical actor. You see him be this man and age over time and, and um, his voice work. Diane Lane, she's just there. You know, she, they don't give her much to do. Helen Mirren is a real witch. And I'll say the W1 instead of the B1. But she is, <laughs> she played that to the T and it's perfectly <laughs> and wonderful. John Goodman does his job. Louis C.K., he's wonderful. Listen, if you want to watch good actors act, yeah. Go ahead and, and pop in Trumbo. If you want a movie where you can follow through the story and the story's going to take you somewhere, maybe Trumbo's not for you. But I will say this. Get ready for some appearances from some well-known people, or impersonations, rather. Kirk Douglas and John Wayne. Drop the mic and exit. Uh, (laughs) Those are just two of the movies now available to stream. Check it out or maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know? Part one. Guess what? Ref. What? I have a did you know. Gosh, it is about... (laughs) Hi. Anyway, anyway, did you know, did you know that actually it's the 10th anniversary okay. of the release of The Devil Wears Prada in movie theaters? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. So Meryl Streep, Emily Blunt, and Anne Hathaway, hello. Who knew that a movie like this could be so good? But anyway, <laughs> the real did you know is this. Did you know that there's an actor in the movie? Or actress who signed on just 72 hours before filming. Who is that actor or actress? Three days before. Who? Everybody's so perfectly. I don't know. Just give me a second. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. 
Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. Okay, so I thought about it. Um, I, 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 oh, the cute guy, the hot guy that she, the guy that she, I, Adrian Grenier? Yeah. No, you know who it is. One it, more try because you know. It can't be Stanley Tucci now. Yeah, that's who it is. <laughs> so perfectly cast. I can't imagine another Nigel. Like for real? <laughs> poor you, poor you. Yes, Stanley Tucci signed on, and boy, oh boy, what a great performance he gave. Oh, stellar. Gird your loins. <laughs> <laughs> Back to why watch that. Well, there, listeners, listen, listen. Listen up! <laughs> we are wrapping up TV and starting some things. HBO and Showtime yeah. have wrapped up some... Uh, well, actually, HBO has wrapped up some of their top shows where Showtime is starting some of their top shows and introducing a show. So we want to talk about it because we all know what we really want to talk about, and that is the Game of Thrones finale and get the critics' view on that. But before we do that, let's talk about Silicon Valley on HBO. Now, we know what this is about. We've talked about it ad nauseum, but we're going to find out where we are at the end of this season. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah, and this is the end of the third season for Silicon Valley. You know, every season, this is about a new app um, that does this wonderful compression stuff. It's supposed to be great, but they have such a hard time in finding people who can invest in it and actually uh, abide by the founder's rules or wishes. And the founder is played by Thomas Middleditch. Middleditch! <laughs> That's a great name. I'm sorry. Love his name. We'll say it every time we can. Like Peter Dinklage. Yeah. <laughs> so, this season, of course, they started the season on a high. They had all of this money. They had a great investor. They had a new CEO. Of course, it all falls apart. By the end of the season, they have a new owner. And uh-oh, because the question is, everybody, is it better to be with friends uh -oh. Or is it better to be without them? <laughs> All right? Oh. I don't know. So for every time for this show, for me, here's the thing. It is well executed. The problem for me always is that, and this is what I figured out, Ref, because I was really going, what is the problem with this show for me? What is it? Because it's well made. It's the premise. It's because they actually have something that's really good and watching it fail isn't over funny. Over again. Yeah. Right? That isn't funny to me. It's it's different from Veep, where in Veep, uh, Selena Meyer, the vice president, should not be president or vice president. She's wholly unqualified, but she succeeds. That's funny. That is funny. And if she fails, it's still funny. So that's the problem for me. If you don't have a problem with that, it, again, is well made. The cast does a really good job. So there you go. And I keep watching it for some reason. You know. Well, you know what? It's a good foil to halt and catch fire if you want if you're on this whole tech world and and discovering the ins and out of the tech uh sort of uh world then i guess you know those two shows um complement one another or, yeah. or give you a perspective about it let's move on to veep uh. that ended its season and we started the season with some questions 
And we end them with some questions. <laughs> More questions! <laughs> so, this is the fifth season of Veep. And like I said, look, Selena Meyer, played by the wonderful Julia Louis-Dreyfus, is a complete idiot. <laughs> okay, she, cannot, she cannot get it right. She happened to be vice president. She became president <laughs> on a fluke. You know, and now she's fighting to retain her presidency in this season. At the end of the season, what do you think happens? Do you think she's still the president? Uh, well, that's the question mark because we think somebody else is and then we get some information from a wholly unexpected character that we go, well, wait a minute. Is she the president or not? <laughs> Next season, we'll find out. Now, let me tell you, this cast is great. The writing's great. You really can't tell what's written and what's improv. They do a beautiful job of working that out and editing it. And I just want to say to all of them, thank you. I did like this season better than last. Last season was my least favorite, even though I liked it. And they're back to just firing at all cylinders. Well, you know, that's a well-oiled machine. When you have veterans like that and also new actors that came up through that particular genre yeah. of, of television, it's, a, it's always going to be a hit, even if there's glitches here and there. Veep is definitely one to check out with your HBO now or go or whatever you have going on um it's it's just a great uh palate cleanser to all the drama and and speaking of drama let's head over to showtime and take a look at penny dreadful and this ended its season last time we talked you were talking about devils and demons and all kind of fighting over this girl and what, where are we at? What are we doing? We've ended with what? Yeah, well, just so you know, Ref, it's over. This is it. Oh, my gosh. Well, bye-bye, dreadful. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ava Green, her character, oh, goodness, she has been put through the ringers. You said Dracula, demons, all kinds of people coming after her. And we see the conclusion to our story here. Um, they did, in the final episode, change even the title credits, the song. I really liked what they did with that. So, everybody, this is a horror show of all horror shows. You get Dorian Gray. You get uh, werewolves. You get witches. You get Dracula. You get demons. You get even, they brought in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde this season. You get Frankenstein. You get Bride of Frankenstein. You get Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. And you get Patty Lapone. So here's the thing. <laughs> she is in herself a monster. <laughs> her and Ava Green together. Putting the two of them together, Ava Green and Patty Lapone, and goodness, everybody hide. All right. <laughs> so the thing is for this show, it looks great. Again, the cast is pretty good. There's some people, I don't know, but pretty good overall. Uh, especially the main people and the main women. Ooh. Now The thing is, though, it can be inconsistent. When they're not moving the narrative forward, it can kind of go out. You know, it's a little too much talking sometimes, but when they're going, they're going. I I mentioned that Brian Cox showed up this season. We had a wonderful Native American actor show up as well. I forget his name. I just want to shout him out. So, you know, if you're interested in horror and you don't mind lulls here and there, okay, it's only three seasons. Um, And I think the way it ended made sense. Oh, well, great. Wonderful. Well, let's move on. Let's stay with Showtime and move on to a new show that's out called Roadies. And we've got some pretty famous people backing up this particular show and also in it some film stars that have made their way to um, uh, Showtime's primetime. So let's talk about Roadies, the new show on Showtime. 
Yeah, so this is from Cameron Crowe, um, written and directed. We all know him. I mean, almost famous. I Jerry, mean, come on. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Look, he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And remember, say anything. Don't forget that one of my Ooh, favorite. Oh, I did not know he did that. That is Cameron That's Crow. one of my favorite. Oh, what a great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Now, what unfortunately happened to my brother Cameron Crow is Vanilla Sky. Ever since then... No, we don't talk about that. Ever since then, his career has just not been doing too well. I'm sorry. Uh, and this show, I've forgotten about it. I really have. I do not talk about it. It does not slip out of my tongue. <laughs> and this show... Sorry, it doesn't correct it. I'm sorry. This is about roadies, like they said. People who are behind the scenes at concerts, at music concerts. They're following this fictional band. But real bands show up. And perform okay and we know Cameron Crowe if you don't know he started as a Rolling Stone editor writer and he still oh. contributes to them so this is his world you know but this is not almost famous yeah uh, the problem is this I don't know why I'm watching it is it just to show me people behind the scenes or is there someone I'm supposed to focus on there are lots of different characters and they start off with are we staying are we going like everyone's in flux and it just didn't quite work you know what? It almost smells like Showtime's answer to vinyl. Like, you know what I mean? The whole yeah. music scene and behind the force of a music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently this, for you, doesn't quite work. No. I, look, I liked it better than vinyl, though. But I, I'll say this. It's it's not period piece as well like vinyl. But right, the, right. And the, the real problem is it's a half an hour show that's in an hour slot. No. Ooh, ooh. Well, let's let's move on to uh, the veteran of Showtime. He is back. He is with. He's got a new focus. Yeah. This guy is one to watch because things are realigning. Ray Donovan is back for its whatever season, <laughs> and nobody cares because they just want more, 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 more Ray. Yeah, and Lee F. Schreiber is perfect as Ray Donovan. Uh, I really like this show when it's about him being a fixer. It's all about him for me. Uh, when he when they pull in the family, I'm just not quite as interested. Oh, come on. We've got Except to- for John Voight. Oh, I was going to say John Voight. Come on. Now, now look, in this new season, by the way, Lee F. Schreiber directed the first episode of this new season. Well done. Well Ooh. done. So in this new season, Ray is in a different place mentally. This is what I hear. This is what I hear. Spiritually, he's renewed. But of course, the question is, how long is that going to last? Oh, poor Ray. His daughter's left the nest. He wants to pull her back in. You know, his wife, she's having some problems. His son is just fine. His son is completely fine. No problems. (laughs) He's he's the sadist of the bunch. His brothers, all their relationships coming to terms with their abuse early on oh and the father john voight oh my goodness you know this man is in hiding and he can't stop he just cannot stop and he everyone do you think he's going to stay in hiding and not get caught no absolutely not so the question is is ray going to be able to extricate himself from his father's life continue on the path of healing after what happened with he and his brothers in the catholic church or not and a new character comes in a boxer who helps out ray but then Ray has to help him out. Oh, no, no, no. And the boxer, by the way, if you watch The Good Wife, is the uh, the young youth pastor who helped Grace out. Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's him. That's a, a Bengo... No, no, no. The young youth pastor who introduced Grace 
uh, Alicia Florek's daughter to Christianity. Oh, no! Yes. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Ooh, that's a great cameo. Now, we're going to end this show how we always, as, as far as finales go. This is a finale of a finale. Yeah. And, of course, we're talking about Game of Thrones has ended its season. They're, yes. of course, coming back, but is the theory about Jon Snow real? Uh-oh. Look, finally, they've given me a season I can love. Can you believe it? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Because You've given me a season I can love. And, and you know, I was on eggshells at the end going, please don't mess this up. Please don't mess this up. It took six seasons to get here, finally, Raph, can you believe it? Winter came in the final episode. It came. Oh, my gosh. You've been talking about this for three years now. <laughs> yes. Now, I knew it was coming because I read the books. Uh, but they finally got to it in the show. Now, look, let me tell you. This season was executed top to bottom well. And the point is this, because there were consequences in everything. You can sit around talking, but if there aren't immediate consequences, I do not care. And this has to happen because we're getting to the end of it. I think there are only like two more seasons. I mean, they have to wrap this thing up. Yeah, they dropped a bomb about Jon Snow, his parentage. We won't tell you what it is. No, 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 don't tell you. But it recasts the whole story, the whole thing. All of the characters are in different places and wonderful. Daenerys Stormborn is coming to claim the throne, but is Jon Snow going to have a claim himself? I don't know. (laughs) His sister, Sansa Stark, has grown into a woman. His other sister, Arya Stark, is killing people. (laughs) Okay, we have all kinds of characters doing great things. Littlefinger came back. Varys the Spider is involved. We have the people in Dorne uh, joining the people of uh, those other people. I can't remember because it's too many people. Cersei Lannister is Cersei Lannister. She, you cannot get her, but they are about to. I think it's coming, Cersei. You gotta watch your back. Watch okay. your bibbi back. Uh-oh. The 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 sparrows and all the religion. Uh-oh. Problem there. The, the red priestess, Lady Melisandre, who knows? She was ousted. I mean, this show, to me, right now, has found itself. It took a while too long to get here but if they keep it up it's great the finale by the way was subtle and harsh and beautiful i enjoyed it the penultimate episode gave us the battle and this is what they called it the battle of the bastards okay okay and i'm so glad that one of them is no longer with us see ya okay that sounded like a game of thrones mic drop so <laughs> we are going to continue on this television journey, but for these shows, for most of them that we talked about, Sayanara until next season. Pity Dreadful, you've been great. Hello, roadies. Maybe Ray Donovan, welcome back. And yes, you can catch it all on a TV near you. And now, the pick of the week. The critic is coming to us this week with a throwback. Pick of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm talking to Shrek. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is a throwback because this was shot in 1999. And can you guess what it is? The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. Not the horror, but the thriller movie that sort of took Hollywood and America and the world by storm. 
It's written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, um, starring Bruce Willis in his prime, Haley Joel Osment, we were introduced to him, and America basically was introduced to the amazing, great Tony Collette, hailing from Australia. Yeah. Take it away! Well, you know what? What happened, Ref, is this was on cable not too long ago. And I just happened to come across it. I was like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. And I was watching the scene with Tony Collette in the car with Haley Joe Osment when he finally reveals the deal. Are we giving this up? No, don't give no? up. Okay, all right. The ending so, is going to shock you. Yeah. So, that scene between the two of them, it was brilliant. Brilliant. And then even the ending scene with Bruce Willis, the way it was put together, the way it was acted, the way it was written, it's just a wonderful film. It holds up. If you even have seen it, I say watch it again. M. Night Shyamalan it is his best film. You know I'm a fan of his. I am. Uh, but I don't care if you don't like any other film he's ever made. This one is enough. Oh my goodness, you heard it here with much passion. Check out Six Sense. Dynamic Network offers podcasts that have something for everyone. Our conversations feature experts who not only inform, but also engage. Interested in sports or entertainment, we got you covered. What about business, current news, pop culture, and politics? No problem. We take care of it all. Check out Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com, where every day brings a new perspective. Again, that's Dynamic Network at DailyDynamic.com. Also available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.